Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter is as ferocious as the divisional round playoffs from this past weekend in the NFL. I can't believe it that we had all of these amazing games, and you'd think after Saturday and the start to Sunday with three field goals, there's no way that Bills Chiefs can top the insanity that we've seen. And then Patrick Mahomes, man. Oh, my gosh. Dude, he killed your take. I'm so sorry for you. All four games were great walk-offs, but you're right. That last game was the best. I told you not to get pick against Mahomes, man. I told you Mahomes in the playoffs. He's only ever lost to one guy, and that guy is Brady. What are you doing? Man, I went against my heart. Because my heart was telling me 49ers, the most amazing, ridiculous situation. But my gut, I I, I just, I, you know, I wanted I wanted the Bills. I wanted to jump through a table with Austin. And 13 seconds, 13 seconds was all it took for it to be happening. We'll talk about it a little bit more, man. But you're absolutely right. The 49ers would have been a good call. I went with my gut last week. I knew my Montreal Canadiens were going to be horrible. They added an 8-2 loss in there just to show me how correct I was. <laughs> oh, three week, let's go. I'm pretty good to go to the NFL, though, man, because it was a wild, wild week. Oh, yeah, let's jump into it. Let's talk about these field goals, field goals, field goals, because I don't think anybody was expecting the chaos of this weekend. Nobody put down money that all of these games were going to come down to the absolute wire, and if you did, you are laughing on a beach in Cuba somewhere or something because, man, it was crazy. Absolutely insane. I want to start with the, the Bengals and the Titans. Um, and to go back to what you're saying, even like, uh, you know, pardon the interruption, Mike Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, those guys are like, you know, pushing their 80s. They even said it was the best football weekend of their lives. So, you know, when you have the old head saying that this is a good weekend, it was a fabulous weekend. And, you know, the Bengals Titans wasn't the best way to start. It's, you know, a lower scoring playoff game, 19 to 16. I don't think we saw, um, you know, any touchdowns in this game. I think it was all field goals. Um, and, you know, it didn't really matter. Uh, Joe Burrows gets sacked nine times. And with 20 seconds left, Eli Apple makes a play to pick off Ryan Tannehill, his third pick of the game. Oof. And that's it. That seals it, man. I saw that pick at, like, the Titans have a chance to win it. They're, they're going to go kick a field goal. And then you see that pick, and you're like, oh, that's the game. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty exciting for Bengals fans. I mean, it's been, I mean, I mentioned it, you know, before 31 years since their victory, but 33 years since they've been in a Super Bowl. And, I mean, they got to go up against the Chiefs now, so that's a little unfortunate for the Bengals. But can they keep this story alive? I mean, nobody believed in them, except for maybe you a little while ago. Yeah, <laughs> That Joe Burrow's kid, man, I didn't have that high of expectations for him coming out, um, especially because he was he won the Heisman the year Lamar won the MVP, yeah. being a year older than Lamar Jackson is. So that was like the knock on him for me in my head and what I couldn't get over. But man, this kid is absolutely fire. 340 yards um, after getting sacked nine times. First time <laughs> they've ever in the NFL uh, history since the NFL-AFL merger. Uh, the quarterbacks won a playoff game like this. And Ryan Tannehill, man, just just not it. Three three picks. He had every reason to win this game and just couldn't. Integrating Derrick Henry back last week, I knew was going to be an issue for them. And he had less yards than Foreman on 16 extra carries. Ugh. 
just a bad time for them, man. They would have liked to probably have been the two seed and gotten to play the Pittsburgh Steelers last week like the Chiefs did. I mean, that that is sometimes the curse of getting that buy of not playing, not being fresh, maybe not being ready, not thinking about that game. But, you know, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we ripped on the Titans all season, you know. When they lost to the Texans earlier, we were like, guys, what are you doing? So, I mean, here we are. Well, it was their first game of the season when they absolutely got blown out by Arizona, and I took them <laughs> out of my, like, top 12, top 13 teams, and I was like, no way I'm putting them back in. But the seven wins against playoff teams from the year prior, the fact that they, you know, there were five other teams left in the playoffs going into last weekend, and they had beaten four of them during that regular season. Like, you, yeah. you think that this team was good, but they're going to do what the Titans do, man, and let you down. Speaking of, of a team that kind of <laughs> let that bye week kind of wreck them, Green <sighs> Bay has to be the most embarrassed team from this weekend. They scored a touchdown on their first drive of the game and proceeded that to follow that up with three points for the next 44 minutes of the game. Like, what is this? Do, do you remember when England lost the Euro to Italy? Same, same story right here. They just sat on their heels and they waited and waited and waited. And they just made some huge mistakes, man. I'm not a big football fan. But I got to tune in for the end of that game, and I was amped for the 49ers. I was amped that, you know, Green Bay and Air went downhill because you just can't afford to be, you know, lazy. You can't afford to make these mistakes. Put numbers on the board. Put the game away. Go home eventually, but not not this way. Don't go home in the bad way. Go home with a double, you guys. Like, embarrassing loss, for it's sure. absolutely embarrassing. You know, Lambeau Field is is meant to play playoff games in the snow. That's the home field advantage, quote-unquote. And they let it get to them, man. The fact that they led 7 nothing and then 10-3 with under five minutes to go and let that block punt undo them. Yeah. And then Aaron Rodgers still even has a chance after they score that touchdown. Like, you're the MVP. You're the, you know, greatest thrower of the football that we've ever seen in NFL history. Yeah. And you can't do anything anything i'm so happy about it though because <laughs> the guy's shown his true colors this year he's got a victim card now everybody was cheering against because of my vaccination status no they're cheering against you because you're not a nice guy you don't actually take responsibility for your actions and people like to see people like that get what's coming <laughs> to them and you got it uh, absolutely and at the end of the day you know, can can the 49ers do more? I mean, I don't know. You know, they, they kind of limp their way to this victory at this point. But what a victory it was for them. Man, Jimmy Garoppolo is, like, hurt. They're missing some of their key players that are hurt on their defense. It's It was just wild. And the fact that, like, he can't get this done, the fact that he's going to win back-to-back MVPs and people before this weekend still had him in the Brady conversation. You know, like, Brady's won yeah. seven Super Bowls, which is two or three more than the next closest guy. And the fact that Aaron has won and is still in that category shows you how much respect the media has for this guy. And yep. the fact that he would just undid it in one weekend, in one game, he'll never be mentioned in that category ever again. I don't want to hear him anywhere close to a Peyton Manning, to a Tom Brady, to a Drew Brees. He's not. Sorry, guys. 
<laughs> so so just before we before we talk about uh, Brady Brady Bucks and, and that Rams game, since I feel like that's a good transition next, and I figure where you're probably going to go. So with Ben Roethlisberger retiring, officially coming out and saying he's retiring for the Steelers, and now we've got this whole situation in Green Bay. Will he? Will he not return? And then you know we'll talk about Brady in a sec about that as well. Like, what's next for Green Bay? What's next for Aaron? Like, do you even care to think about it? If you're Green Bay, you obviously want to bring him back. Uh, he just won the league MVP. Um, yeah. He is annoying, though. So I, I've been hearing that fans are apparently really fed up with having him on their team. The fact that he's talking about retiring already again. He's talked about retiring three times this season already. Yeah. Um, apparently turning teams <laughs> off around the league. Your mention about Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger needing a new quarterback, I mean, that's perfect for them. You know, Aaron huh. Rodgers would definitely upgrade that position immensely going from probably the league's worst quarterback play to the best quarterback play and still being a winning franchise like with the worst quarterback they could definitely make some noise so if i'm Aaron Rodgers, i'm probably pushing to get to pittsburgh but it's not like green bay is a bad team by any means they just had the best record in the league they were the one seed they had the bye like this is on rogers in my opinion it, everything this it just cements who he is as a person yeah, I, I just wanted your thoughts on that because, like, it, you know, as like a bit of an outsider looking in, like, it's always interesting, you know, when you come down to the end of the season and you start hearing these weird rumors left and right of what can happen. And yeah, I mean, your earlier comment about, you know, people are, you know, cheering against him because of his status. I mean, I'm going to say that, yeah, probably that was me a little bit, but also, like, I just. I just didn't want you guys to win. I, I love the storylines of underdogs. And for it to end like this, oh, baby, I love it. Absolutely. And just an ugly game too both those games on saturday were ugly they saved the beautiful games for sunday yes, um, though the rams bucks it was a kind of a beat down for three quarters i mean 27 to 3 sean mcveigh knowing not to get that extra point you know 28 to 3 gonna have a falcons collapse can't <laughs> let that happen tom brady will bring that back but 27 to 3 a little too daunting for tom that that extra point is really that extra motivation that gets him going um, but all jokes aside man Matthew Stafford had to make some plays at the end of that game. I don't know how they let Cooper Cup get wide open, not once, but twice. Like, the touchdown is one thing. But then on the last play of the game, to get him down to the 10-yard line to easily yeah. kick in the field goal, I was, how did you guys mess that up? In what world do you mess that up? It's, Wild. And, and it's, a, it's a tough end for this Bucks team, right, who... Definitely was missing Antonio Brown with his walk-off a couple of weeks ago, right? <laughs> apparently apparently he wants to go darn Lamar on the Ravens. That's a fun story that I'm sure you and I will have to talk about later, later, later. But I like the yeah, Ravens. Man. Don't, like, uh, <laughs> don't make me hate them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, this Bucks team, you know, it's it's a tough end to their, um, you know, defending championship run. You know, Brady at, what, 44, 45 is he now? 44 crazy to think that he was still this dominant because like it's not like he had a bad season no the guy was the guy was a stud for this team you know there's the conversations around Gronkowski about what he's gonna do for his future now but like everybody's just kind of waiting and and Brady's gonna take a little time to decide but it's it's a tough loss Matt it's a tough way for things to end look I don't know how it's gonna end for him whether this is the last season for him he has nothing left to prove nothing left yeah. to accomplish and you know what the fact that he played an mvp level we all know that you could play until you're 45 like we know that he could play next year and and still be at the peak of his game 
I just think for him, it's about the family aspect. And um, I was listening to some good points that, you know, Giselle made more money than him and gave up that career for him. And if she's asking him to do it now for her and her family, I think Tom's kind of got to do it for her. That's what partnerships are about. That's what relationships are about is give and take. And Giselle gave for the last, I don't know, like eight plus, 14 plus years. Her kid, I think her oldest kid's like 14. Like, that's a long time to give up her supermodel career. And especially when she was at, she was the goat of supermodels. Yeah, yeah. So it's tough, man. It's real tough. I mean, you, you get to that point in life, right, where there's certain things that just matter. And your comment about him having nothing to prove, absolutely. He's the undisputed goat right now. It's not even close. Not even close. And, like, yeah, it would have been great to go out on another victory. Like, I am... At this point, I, I like to believe that it's possible that with a victory, he may have right then and there been like, yeah, I'm good, right? Like, I'm done at this point. Yeah. But it's that weird, like, oh, we could go back. We could maybe do it. You know, the classic competitive. Because, Matt, you and me, we're competitive people. We love to win. We, we want to have that sense of glory. So it's like when you're still at your quote-unquote prime, not actually prime, but like you're playing, you're playing in your prime at 44, like – you have to weigh that, like, oh, I, I never want to stop playing because I'm, I love this. And also, I'm, I'm 45, and life is going by, and maybe i got to do some other things, right? So it, it's really interesting to see where we go from here. But, like, at 45, he's going to retire younger than almost everybody on this planet, right? Like, yeah. And he's going to have more money, more money than anybody on this planet. Like, there's – if he does this because he loves it. And that's been evident for the last, you know, since he turned 40, yep. that he's playing football not because he he has to, but because he loves the game and he likes to win. Um, so I, I I would lean that he's probably coming back, but I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. So Right. I, I mean, I still remember your comments a while ago when when we were talking about how Gronkowski, Gronkowski just shows up and he's like, yeah, Tom watches so much film. I just I, I do what he tells me. I go where he tells me and we win games. So it's, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking about a guy um, who kind of made a little bit of improvisation, did you see that Travis Kelsey made up both those plays uh, with under 13 seconds left to get the Chiefs in field goal range? He told Tyreek Hill on the sideline, they're probably going to run man-to-man coverage and run this kind of formation. If they do, change your route, and I'll block for you. That's exactly what happened. And then, apparently coming out of the huddle on the final play that got them in the field goal range, he says to Mahomes, if we see the coverage, I might change up my route. I'm just going to run to the open space. And then he sees it. They're on the line. He sees that they are going to be in that coverage and that if he runs his route, he's going to run into another player, a defender. And he goes, I'm going to change my route. And you can audibly hear Patrick Mahomes at the line yelling, do it, do it, do it. And he, oh my, it's wild. And then to win the coin toss, to win that game, I don't know what we saw, if not for the most epic football game in NFL history. And I'm including that three years ago, Monday Night Football, 54-51 banger between the Rams and Kansas City, which I hope is the Super Bowl rematch. <laughs> Honestly, dude, as a, as not a, I don't consider myself a true football fan. You know, I'm, a, I'm an enjoyer of the sport. I'm an enjoyer of the game. What a banger. What an amazing finale. What a great way to cap off this weekend. 
And, like, yeah, my heart got broken because the Bills didn't go through. And, like, you have to think that one way or another a fan base was going to get destroyed from this game. But that's what happens when you have some of the best quality play on the screen. And, like, that last three minutes, that last, like, five minutes even, like, just everything for the way that game was to end, everyone knew when that coin flip toss happened and and Mahomes had the ball, like, 99% of the people watching that game were like, man, what an amazing game. Can't believe the Chiefs just won. Right? Like, that's just how it was. It was crazy. It was so much fun. I I loved it, dude. I was so happy, even with taking the L. Man, just when... Josh Allen scores with like two minutes left in the game and they think that they've won the game. I'm like, no way he won the game, Josh. Sorry, man. Two minutes left. That's the perfect two minute drill for Patrick Mahomes. The guy I've seen the guy do it in AFC championship game yep. against Tom Brady with less time. We're good. And then Mahomes leaves some time on the clock there. And I'm thinking to myself, it was a little bit too fast. I know Tyreek Hill, who was behind the guy, deuced him and passed him as he was sprinting to the end zone, which is just wild it's just an yeah. awesome play <laughs> like it's not taunting if the guy's in front of you while you're giving <laughs> him the two six <laughs> but they end up scoring and i'm like alan still could have a shot here like it, it's not probable it's but it, it's it's possible and then they scored with 13 seconds left ain't no way ain't no way get out of here no way am i am i gonna watch patrick mahomes win this game and he did and it was I couldn't explain it. I was you know, just shook. I I was watching the first half of that game in the hotel before we went out for dinner and watching the Chiefs miss that field goal going into halftime. I thought to myself, "Ooh, that's going to either make it really exciting at the end or it's going to end up being the curse for the Chiefs." And did it come down to being that close, right? Like I, I was sitting there and like my dad's just like asking me all the questions. Oh, why are they throwing the ball? Why are they running? And I'm like trying to explain to him all the rules of football of why they're trying to make the clock not work, why they're trying to not leave so much time. And it's just like, it's just excitement. It truly was just excitement. Like this game will be broken down in years to come by people who want to think about historic moments, who want to think about this or that. There's little things that even you didn't see, you know, little moments, like little decisions, yeah. right? That change the fate of this game. And at this point, the Chiefs should probably win the Super Bowl. So this was almost the deciding game for it. I feel like this almost was the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. I feel like there's always one of those in the playoffs where two two heavyweight favorites kind of collide, and the one that comes out of it is the one that's going to win. Um, yeah, I, the fact that you even talked about Harrison Bucker missing the field goal and an extra point. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the best in the business. In the entire NFL, I would say he's probably top three at his position. Like, Justin Tucker for sure. Uh, The kid in Cincinnati who we forgot to say, you know, swung his leg and said, oh, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. That was some swag right there. That kid, uh, Young Huku in Atlanta, and this guy. Like, I, the fact that it all worked out this way to, to end up with that play and that time... I think uh, it's proven, though, Tom Brady's the greatest and has the most accomplishments, but if I'm going to take one quarterback, and I knew it last year after watching that Super Bowl, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes every single day of the week, and it's not even close. Um, yeah, just the way it is. 
I mean, I also appreciate the fact that, like, a lot of people joke about, like, kickers in the NFL are just, like, overpaid football players. Sorry, but this weekend proved that uh, it matters if you have a good kicker or not. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they get paid, like, anywhere from a million to three million dollars, depending on how good you are, to, like, kick a ball in the NFL for 16 weeks. Like, really not a super overly demanding, high-stress job. Except for when it's all on the line. And then you have and, to be nerves of steel. And some of these field goals were distance, you know? The Chiefs kick that was a 50-footer, was it? Like 50-yarder or something? Yeah, there? yeah. Like, there was some seriously quality displays of talent put on by these kickers, so I have to mention that at the end here. No, Evan McPherson, the Cincinnati Bengals kicker, the one who, he's a rookie, um, which also, I kind of like this... Uh, Joe Burrows and uh, kickers because Tom Brady and Adam Vinatieri um, and uh, Goskowski, his kickers, scaled okay. him out a lot. Yeah. Um, so this kid last year put out a video of, you know, when uh, you like throw something at a Gatorade bottle, like knock off the top. He kicked a field goal. It was at the top of like a building. And he kicked ball and he got the ball to slice the Gatorade. Wow. Cow. That's wow. how accurate this kid can be. So, okay. yeah, it was pretty wild. That is absolutely amazing. And, yeah, we had a wicked weekend in the NFL, and it's crazy to think that there's only four teams left now, Matt. AFC-NFC championship coming up. Should be exciting. Maybe probably Chiefs not Rams. as exciting. Chiefs-Rams. It's going to be good. Chiefs win. Rams win. Oh, yeah. I know I'm probably crazy saying the Rams win because I said that three weeks ago. You know, they can't lose six in a row. Seven in a row? Come on. There's no way. they got to get it's going to be interesting, Matt. I cannot wait to see what happens next. Absolutely, man. Um, it's it's a big one. It's absolutely... Oh, I'm excited for it. Perfect. Well, you got anything for the NHL this week, my dude? Man, besides the fact that Chris Kreider's just snuck up on goals, first guy to 30 goals, you know, Ovechkin, Dreisaitl, all those guys nipping at their heels. Um, we'll see how it ends, though. I'm not too into the NHL at the moment uh, with the pandemic. My halves absolutely fallen, free falling. I keep a keep a close eye on it, but we're in the middle of the slog at the moment. You know, all-star games coming up. Teams are basically in the playoffs, especially in the East. Like, it's, it's a pretty stark contrast. Like, you know the teams that are going to make the playoffs in the East. Yeah. Um, so it's not too fun to watch right now. Well, the, we're, we're going to get to that eventually. We'll come back. Hopefully, hockey will get exciting for you once we come down to the wire. Maybe Montreal will have a, a seriously long losing streak, and then they'll just be gifted the number one draft pick. You know, that's the hope at this point in time. Well, that's the issue is, like, coming last only gets you, like, a 20% chance at the first overall draft pick anyways. So. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. Hard, hey. Buffalo and Leaf fans know it. They had the two best shots at Connor McDavid, and Edmonton ended up with him. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, no Edmonton, what a team! All right, let's move into basketball. Let's talk about some injuries because honestly, I was doing my research for injuries this week, Matt, and I was like, oh, you know, we've got the big ones. We've got, you know, for uh, for Chicago, Chicago, you know, Ball has his knee surgery. Crusoe's got his broken hand, which I, I want to talk about that in a little bit. But there's actually so many. There's so many like injuries left and right that happened this week that like I have to at least bring up but I do want to start with the Bulls because Ball has knee surgery so it's tough that he's gone but the real conversation is talking about Alex Caruso's broken hand because they were playing the Bucks last week and <laughs> Grayson Allen everyone's favorite fouler makes an absolutely disgusting flagrant two foul N not okay not okay 
Caruso is going to be out for six to eight weeks with a broken hand, and one game suspension is what is offered out from the league. Matt, what's your thoughts on this? Watching the play, I don't know how malicious it really is. I don't know if he really has the intent to hurt him the way that he gets hurt. Yes. He does want him to not get to the basket. That is evident. He is fouling him hard. That is evident. But those plays happen in the NBA. The fact that it was in the air, I think, was is really what made it the situation that it's become and the fact that yeah. Caruso hurt himself so so badly. Um, I don't like that it's only one game because is going to miss so much time. But I also like see the fact that he doesn't necessarily – he's not trying to break his wrist. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough. For, for me, I think about um, the Andrew Bogut injury um, from a bunch of years ago, if you remember that one. That was a flagrant two with a one-game suspension. Andrew Bogut's career was never the same after landing on, on his arm underneath his back and being yeah. flung the way he was, right? This is a different situation, but it's that, it's that weird middle ground of, like, how do we compare it to things that have happened in the past? How do we make sure that we're not going overboard? A one-game suspension is enough to have the point given across. Hopefully Caruso's going to be okay, and hopefully, you know, we have to remember this is a sport. Accidents happen. Things happen. I liked your point of the fact that there is no serious, true, malicious intent. But again, this is a guy who has had past incidents, right? And so that's why there had to be a suspension. Is it as serious as that injury that I was referring to earlier with Golden State? No. Not, like I don't think that Caruso's career is going to be extremely affected in the same way that Bogut's was. Hopefully not. But six, yeah. six to eight weeks and a broken hand, that's a lot. Yeah, especially for, for a key contributor on that, on that Chicago's team. Um, you know, they just got Levine back, but it's, it's tough for them right now. They're, they're going through it. So um, definitely not, not fun for them. Our boy, Terrence Davis, man. What happened to him? So, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about this kid in a while. He's been doing good on the Kings. I actually picked him up for a week a while ago for fantasy when he was going off. He was putting up like 30 pointers, 20 pointers left and right. Um, he's just good got, uh, yeah, exactly. He's got a, he's got basically a tendon injury. Um, he's going to be out indefinitely. They haven't really given a timetable. It just happened a couple days ago. Um, so hopefully he's doing good at the Kings, man. The Kings are in a weird place. They just lost by 53 points to Boston. Oh my gosh. What are you doing, Kings? I can't wait to write about them at the end of this year. Buddy, who knows what they're gonna do with their team? We can talk about that later during the trade. There's still more injuries to get through. Uh, who do you want to do next, my friend? I mean, I'm just gonna rattle them off at this point because there's a lot of names. If after I go through, if there's anyone you actually want to talk about, roll me right back. Usman Garuba, the young rookie, he's going through wrist surgery out six to eight weeks. If you haven't watched him play, Matt, you should. Usman Garuba has actually been fire this season. Um, Luca's going to miss his man Hardaway Jr. He's got a foot fracture. There's no real timetable there. Um, Derek Jones Jr., uh, apparently, poor guy. He was doing workouts because he's been recovering um, since January 12th with injury. He's now got uh, a fractured right index finger, so we don't know when he's coming back. Another tough one there. Rolling right along, Cody Zeller. He's going through knee surgery. He's been playing great this season. And apparently Durant's going to miss the All-Star game. And Joe, I don't know when I'm going to play again. Harris had a setback in rehab, and we don't know if he exists anymore. Oh, man, that's brutal. Um, I don't I don't necessarily want to talk about any of those real injuries. Um, most of them are fringe guys except for Durant um, and Joe Harris. But Joe Harris has been going on for a while, so I feel, I feel bad for that guy. Hopefully they can get him back. The Nets still have a ton of talent, though, so... 
I'm not let's, too upset. Let's roll into talking about the Nets because apparently Millsap has agreed with them and they're going to be moving along and there's all of these rumors left and right, left and right about one James Harden because he could deny or he could um, he could turn down his player option, which is like $47 million. So I doubt he does that next year to go into free agency. There's rumors about, you know, Philadelphia and Ben Simmons, whether this can work. And the Nets are in this weird place. They're they're not quite on top of the East anymore. And I'm really interested to see where they can go. I mean, obviously with Kyrie, you never really know. But the Nets will not listen to offers for James Harden. And will we see in the offseason Ben Simmons moving here? Because I know a lot of people like the idea of Ben Simmons with Kyrie and KD and James Harden with Joel Embiid. It's such an interesting place, man. It's a really cool idea, and I do like the thought about it. I've heard about it, you know, Harden to Philly for Simmons. If I'm the Nets, why would I do it? I've got James Harden, and then I'm trading him for a player who isn't willing to play, isn't willing to work on himself, has shown him to be a massive problem, has literally missed half a season of basketball over, and is still unwilling to come back. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for me if I'm the Nets. Why would I why would I do that? Maybe maybe Harden isn't happy. Maybe I lose him in the offseason for nothing. I'd rather lose him for nothing than take Ben Simmons. It's such a weird place, right? Like it's such a weird place. And also like Philadelphia, Brooklyn, that is a rivalry. They're gonna play each other a lot. So if you make that trade, I don't know. And you know, you say that, you know, Ben Simmons isn't is it the best isn't going to work on himself? I'm sure in those games against Philadelphia, he is going to be a monster. Whatever team he gets traded to, he is going to be upset. Maybe not when they play in Philadelphia, but when Philly comes to insert Ben Simmons' new team home court, he's going off those nights. I think even when Ben is there, man, he's going to feed off the negative energy in the crowd to kind of boost his performance. So I, I would see him burning them but i don't see him winning a championship the way that he plays so no he'd need a lot of help yeah perfect. all right let's he's move a, on he's a one b at best <laughs> exactly i have to bring up the rumors westbrook for wall the lakers apparently got to include a pick says houston if they want to do it man what a joke at this point in time dude i was telling you like why would i do that so i've got a slightly less athletic version of a guy in his prime who can't shoot the deep ball, um, who is a little sporadic at times. And then I've got a guy who severely compromised his athleticism from his prime, who can't shoot the deep ball, who yeah. makes decent point guard decisions. But I have to give up a first round pick? No, yeah. no, 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 no. I've got LeBron James. LeBron James could be my point guard. I'll sit Russ in crunch time. Man, and, and LeBron's been playing center. Like, until AD came back, that's like, he's been playing center and been killing it you know the lakers are in this weird place where everyone looks at their record and thinks it's the be-all end-all do i think the lakers as they're constructed are going to win a championship probably not if there's injuries it's possible it's lebron james you can't bet against lebron until it is down to the wire and it's just him against insert team here and there's two games left and he's out right but at the same time they've got all-star talent they've got all nba talent Will they be amazing? Possibly. I still see them as, you know, a tough second round out, a tough, you know, third round out, but don't trade Westbrook for scraps. Just 
he, Westbrook has consistently proved over the years that even though he's moving teams, because this is what his fourth team in four years, he's yeah. consistently proved that when it comes down to the wire, once we get to game eighty-two, we're getting a better version of Westbrook than we get at game ten, at game thirty, at game fifty. Absolutely. Let it ride. Let it ride at this point. You want to know the funniest thing that I've been seeing a lot about Westbrook lately? What's his field goal percentage this year? 42%? 43.8%, okay, from the field. He's getting called a horrible, horrible shooter. Steph Curry, what is his field goal percentage this year? Uh, 43.1. It's under Westbrook's right now. One is an MVP. One yeah. is a guy who can't oh, shoot. Um, I think that's hilarious, that narrative. So I good. think that they're going to figure it out. Um, I don't know if they'll ever win a championship as currently constructed, but I think they can win a round or two. LeBron James in year 19 is about to average 30 points per game, <laughs> maybe leading the league in scoring. <laughs> and... It's just effortless for him almost. Like, it's just, it's not even the thing that he's best at. How can they not be dangerous when it comes to the playoffs? And and to add on top of that, like, Westbrook was getting ripped apart during a 12-game stretch without Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like there's 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 so many things that that frustrate me that where the media is just like we gotta rip on the Lakers because they're the Lakers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Westbrook they're not doing well. Yes. Does Westbrook take bad shots? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are times where you're like, dude, what are you doing? But also in the same vein, he makes unreal plays. He makes insane plays. And this team with the knowledge and the IQ that they have in players can take advantage of Westbrook's plays. So yeah, let's talk in 30 games from now about the Lakers because we talked about them a bunch and they're still in the playoff race. They're still doing fine. They've dealt with injuries, and they have a quote-unquote bad roster, according to the media. So, LeBron James, man. Absolutely, man. I think it's hilarious. I think um, LeBron's missed a bunch of games this season. Anthony Davis has missed a bunch of games this season. They haven't figured it out yet. They haven't played a lot of games together. They're just getting gelled, and everyone's already written them off. This team can't win. This team isn't deep enough guy like Malik Monk who at the beginning of the season was basically not even an NBA player can drop you know 20 points at will with LeBron so man I I, I don't have a lot of faith in them to win I, if you're going to put my odds at them winning a championship I'm going to be like 10% but it's not zero and That's if it. they won I wouldn't be shocked LeBron James can elevate and if he does elevate to peak LeBron watch out I mean, all you have to do is look at some of those teams he's dragged to the playoffs. Like, the talent is here. He's got the talent around him, at least. They just got to make it work. I don't want to talk about Frank Vogel's job because, like, it's a, it's a dumb conversation at this point in time. I'm happy done talking about the Lakers because I know we'll talk about them more because that's just how the media works. We're always talking about LeBron. Yeah, man. He... The fact that he's not an MVP conversation, it doesn't. it just doesn't make sense to me. The guy... The guy takes so much slack from the media. Like, how do we not worship this man? He's in year 19, averaging 30 points a game. 
I am glad, Matt, that I am on, you know, I'm of the team of I don't want to, like, hate watch LeBron or be angry watching LeBron. I want to enjoy the talent and the unreal stuff that we get to see while he's here. Because one day, man, this guy's not going to be in the league anymore. People are going to be like, oh, man, I miss LeBron. Can we get another LeBron in the finals? Exactly. There's going to be a year that comes that he's going to have to hang it up, and we're not going to get this just nonchalant greatness. <laughs> like, it's just astounding to me that this man isn't the MVP. Just media disrespects him. I'm, I'm over it. We all know how I think about LeBron. LeBron is the true GOAT, one and only, not even close in my brain. Not Perfect. Michael, Michael's so far. <laughs> Such a distant second. We're gonna, we'll, we'll be talking about this more in this offseason. But moving along here, I'm going to bring it up. I don't think we need to talk about the Blazers much, but Lillard apparently might sit out for a little while with this injury, which means the Blazers might rebuild. There might be some trades. We'll break it down next week if anything happens leading up to the trade line. I want to talk about some streaks. I want to talk about some teams that we haven't talked about a lot right now. Matt, should we talk about the Suns? Eight-game winning streak. They're, the t- they're really the top of the NBA right now. Booker's been going off. They've got some great wins. It's exciting for Phoenix right now. Dude, they're super hot right now. Like you said, they got the longest winning streak in the NBA. They got the best record in the NBA, and it's not necessarily close. They're the only team to have not lost double-digit games so far. They're just so well-constructed. Um, you know, they've got the right pieces in the right place. Um, like, Mikhail Bridges is such the perfect complement to Devin Booker. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, Chris Paul as the leader of this team um, is amazing. It's it's everything that you want in an NBA team. I could see them winning it this year, man. And it's not like they would have to get a lot of help. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I also, if we're gonna if we have time to talk about six man later, I do want to talk about Cam Johnson as well, who has been unreal. I was talking about him for years. I've been waiting for him to have his time and. Phoenix is just well-constructed. They've got a great coach. They've got a great leader. They have everything you need to be an NBA championship team. Okay. Now, to that point, I know this is a different Lakers team from last year, but the Lakers with LeBron and AD last year had the Phoenix Suns until Anthony Davis went down. Yep. They had them. Like People yep. were saying that the Lakers were going to win that series, and it wasn't necessarily close. AD goes down, and it flips. If AD and LeBron are healthy for the playoffs this year, does this Lakers team have a chance to beat them? It, it's an interesting conversation, right? Because the, the, the mental of the teams are in a completely different state. You know, if you, if, you, if, you, you, if you talk about last year, and you talk about AD not going down, yeah, they, the Lakers probably win. But this year, it's going to be a different story. Phoenix has that confidence. They have that want to get back to the finals, right? They were this close. Chris Paul was this close to cementing his legacy, right? So I think it's a completely different series. And if everyone's healthy, I think it's a banger. I think it goes at least six games. I think that they're all close. Every single game is close. LeBron hits a buzzer beater, you know, things like that. That is the scariest thing for the Phoenix Suns to think about, that that could be their yeah. first-round matchup. Oh, man. That, that would be the worst first-round matchup for any team in NBA history to have to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis as the underdogs. Not fun. And, I mean, this is the conversation we had last year, right, about them, right? Like, we knew that this Lakers team was good. 
and AD going down was 100% the change in that series. So yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I just, man, this Suns team is just impressive. They're just overall impressive, and I hope they keep it up, and I can't wait to see what they do in the postseason. Absolutely, man. Um, they're definitely one of my favorite teams in the NBA right now. Um, a team that, you know, was your special little darling last year that's fallen yeah. off. Hey, man, they got back back to a five-game winner. Um, they're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10, so that kind of makes you feel bad about their record before that, but... Hey, man, the Hawks, they're here. The, they're such a weird team. Like, a week ago, we're talking about, we need to trade everybody on the Hawks team. We need to all move. They make a small little trade because uh, Cam Reddish wanted out, and now they they got five people. Like, I don't know what to think about this team because in, in 35 games, they might be sitting in fifth place. You know, I don't think they're going to be able to secure home court, but they're right now they're the 12th team in the East. You know, yeah. and and I and it's crazy that they're two games back of eight of literally, like two wins back of eighth place, right? They are the twelfth yeah. team in the East, and I truly believe that. But come the end of the season, if they can continue to figure themselves out, if they do make a trade, like they could easily move their way into the playoffs. They're such a weird team, man. I don't know how to feel about the Hawks, dude. I I think they're a pretty good team, um, and I think that they're starting to figure it out again. Uh, maybe. There was a little bit of, of locker room turmoil with with playing time and, and guys wanting more minutes, guys wanting bigger roles and, and pushing yeah. and, and fighting and stuff. Um, so maybe, you know, that small little trade kind of got that out of the locker room. They're, they're more of a team. They're more band together. But, yeah, they proved it last year, man. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I could definitely see them making the playoffs. Um, another, I guess not team, but player that I really want to shout out in the Eastern Conference who had a really rough start to his season, Cade Cunningham. That man has been yeah. proving why he is the first overall pick in this draft, in, in a draft with Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. He's proving it. If he had played this way the entire season, he'd be the runaway candidate for Rookie of the Year. And I love me some Scotty. Scotty had a fantastic game this week, right? He dropped like 27, 8, and 8 or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. so, And Cade Cunningham is making him look bad at basketball. This kid's just so, been unreal lately. It's, it's really just to bring up, right, because if you actually look at their games missed, Cade has played one more game than Scotty throughout the entire season, which is really interesting because Cade missed that chunk at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. What we're witnessing here, Matt, is the true Cade Cunningham that everybody wanted, who had an injury, recovered through that injury, took some time to ramp up, and is now dominating on a bad team. That's just Absolutely. a fact of Cade. Yep. Yeah, I mean, his last game... 34 8 and 8 the game before that 18 5 and 8 25 6 and 5 like this guy's good man he's been playing really well lately um he's figuring it out his averages have gone up 16 5 and 5 is, is not a bad way to start your career um you know it's it's pretty close to a 15 7 and 4 guy so detroit basketball is quote unquote back but again to to add to that point it's the idea that this rookie class has just been so good so good there's so many quality level talented NBA players that we're going to see I think for years to come that are coming out of this draft am I sad we don't have Cade no because we've got Scotty would I want Cade over Scotty like my heart still says no but there's still that part of me that is just like oh man imagine Cade on this team I don't know man um, at the beginning of the year I would have told you yes I think Cade would have been the better player for this team I guess we're going to walk into Raptors chat with this one um, but yeah. With Scotty Barnes and the way that our roster is currently constructed, 
the fact that he's a bigger version of Cade, he's not necessarily as refined as a passer and a scorer, yeah. but he's bigger. It's something that I think fits into our roster better. Because if we brought in Cade, he really is like a better Siakam. He's a younger, better Siakam. And so we really do have to move Siakam. Whereas Scotty can give you a little bit different things than, than Siakam does because he's bigger, because yeah. he's thicker, because he has that different build. Um, so I think Scotty might fit into our team just a little bit better in terms of the way that our roster is constructed. And maybe we were just meant to be at four. Maybe number one was just not in our cards, and it's good the way that it is, man. Uh, I just am. I'm happy to see Cade hit this point, right? Just, just like one more moment, just because you know, you look at how Jalen Green is struggling in Houston right now, like struggling in Houston, but also oh, yeah. Houston is a bit Houston. of a dumpster fire. I, I can't deny that, obviously, at this point in time. So it's great to see Cade you know actually get to come into that story of being the first one picked because like i still remember at the beginning of the season like you and i were joking about you know Cade. like those first couple games back we were joking about how you know we were we were killing it and kids quote unquote a bust not really but like there was legitimate media going Worry. around saying oh my gosh was this a mistake is detroit in trouble guys you're fine you're recovering from injury look at siakam having to recover from injury and now where he is right like there's all of these little things all these little factors and this is why if you are not in the front office if you are not a part of the organization if you are not masai ujiri himself you don't have any idea what's going on at any yeah. point in time absolutely man it's all just speculation everyone even in the media and they're all their trusted sources um, unless you're actually getting it from the team president and the GM himself, you're probably just speculating a little bit. But man, it was it was an okay week for the boys. I mean, we were talking about one and three probably being the most likely outcome. Two and two, I guess. We'll it's, it's, you know, yeah, we're working towards it. Um, we did get a big win though uh, this week, didn't we? Um, against Charlotte and against uh, the Bucks, right? Oh, beat the we beat the Wizards. Oh, Friday. the Wizards. Ah, not as good then. Okay, lost to Dallas, to... Dallas and Chicago, the two good teams. Yeah, yeah. No, we lost to the Blazers, man. What are you doing? Do you even know what we did this week? Did you pay attention? Oh, to sorry, I was looking week? at Wednesday's game. Wednesday's game. <laughs> all, all good, my friend. All good, my friend. Honestly, it was a fun week. It was well, a fun week. <laughs> there was a lot of things going on, but yeah. Let's start on Friday. Let's start about that game that you mentioned earlier from Barnes. Thirty-nine minutes, twenty-seven points, eight rebounds, twelve for nineteen from the field. He had a steal in that game. We had six players in double digits. We barely pulled that win out. But it's the Wizards, so, you know, happy to get the W at the end of the day. The block, Matt, from Gary. Please tell me you remember that block from oh, that game. buddy. Gary Trent Jr., this season has been a defensive revelation. I don't know where it came from, but the guy's been absolutely lights out good. I'm so happy. It was so good to have him back. And we utilized Gary this week. I mean, back-to-back 30-point -back games to close it out. You know, the big win against the Hornets, an unfortunate loss against all-star DeMar DeRozan and the quote-unquote hobbling Bulls. You know, tough Did you... not to get a win there. But again, we had no Freddie. We had no Freddie against the Bulls. So, like, when we have a loss without Freddie, I'm not extremely upset about it. And we had a horrible second quarter that we almost pulled back from. Um, we outplayed them in the second half really hard. Um, did you see DeMar DeRozan on a podcast saying that going into the season, he was like, I am the MVP? And the guy's playing at an MVP level. The guy's That's amazing. Unbelievably good. I love DeMar. 
Uh, so glad. I hate. He, I texted you, man. He was killing us. The fact that he didn't get ejected because it was an uh, not an unsportsmanlike <laughs> tactical foul. How do you get a technical foul without doing something that's yeah. unsportsmanly? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, NBA. Keep him in the game and eject Gary Trent Jr. Whatever. Fair, fair, fair. Hey, man, you know, sometimes, you know, we just want to keep our all-star players in the game. But, yeah, I don't – I wouldn't say I'm amazing at math. I like to think of myself as a math kid, but one tech plus another tech equals – two techs and that means get out of the game bro so I, I don't i don't know what happens here unfortunately but yeah honestly i'll take the 2-2 week nurse played 11 players this week we got to see champagne we got to see flynn we got to see banton utah got a couple minutes isaac bonga played like six minutes in a game matt so like i'm hoping that's a good sign i like to see more players i don't need fred playing 50 minutes a night leading the nba in minutes played because like we're gonna run the legs off of our boys yeah, it's just they're not good, the back-end <laughs> players on our team, especially when our bench gets thinner because we're losing guys like Ken Burge or a guy like Fred Van Vliet who's, who's out, um, or Barnes with, like, a, a knee issue or a sore knee or whatever. Like, are, we get thin really fast when, when our top players get out, and it's just not, not a great look down the lineup. Um, I like Benton. I think he can develop better. I wish Malachi Flynn was Desmond Bain, but I know we can't do anything about that now. Uh, shout out to X-Raptor Stanley Johnson, who just signed a two-year deal with the Lakers after signing three 10-day contracts. Great player. We could probably be using him right now. But Matt, you know what we need? We need a backup point guard who's a veteran, who could create some offense and control what's happening in our bench unit. You mean Goran Dragic? <laughs> we need somebody like Goran Dragic. So hopefully we can trade him for somebody who can be him. Because, man, there's just little things, man. And we're a good 500 basketball team that is young and needs a couple of little things. If you threw Chris Paul onto this team, I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but the sky's the limit, Matt. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that Goran Dragic comment, I had to bring it up. <laughs> Dude, it's just, like, it's so weird that he's just on personal leave, that he's been on personal leave for so long. Like, Ugh. what is this garbage? Can we either trade him or get an actual player from him? The fact that he came back in the trade from Kyle Lowry just makes me upset about it. Just, what a bad trade. Oh, I know. But, hey, it is what it is, Matt. Hopefully, in the next two weeks leading up to this deadline, we hear some things. I mean, I mentioned it last week. The fact that we're still looking at Jakob Pertl, I would really love to see him return to the team. I don't want to give up anything because that's a classic, you know, I never want to give up anything for anybody. But, you know, we got to give up things if we're going to get better talent. And, you know, your earlier comment, yeah, we, we definitely get thinned out when the top boys are missing. Yeah, and the thing is, you got to give to get. And I just don't know who we, we can give to get Pertl unless they're looking at our futures. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if I want to give up our futures for now. Um, I think that we have the potential and the younger players to build for the future. Like, Scotty's the piece that we build around. OG and Gary Trent are the veterans at the time when we're winning our championship. That's, I think, what I see as the most feasible option for us to win next. Because I don't see it with Fred and Siakam and Scotty and Gary Trent and, and Ananobi, as good as they are. You know they're the number one leading uh, five-man unit uh, when it comes to scoring in the NBA. They score about 88 points a game, which is number one in the wow. NBA for a five-man unit. Um, I still don't think we're going to win. And you, I say that, right? So they've got all that scoring potential. Van Vliet, Gary Trent, 
Ananobi, Siakam, and Barnes should be a defensive nightmare. Should be a defensive nightmare. How are we not a better team? I don't get it, man. We we really need, you know. Uh, so for example, for example, uh, Utah went down to the G League and played with the nine hundred five and put up a monster night, had an epic night, and then came back and started playing some more rotational minutes. We need either one our actual bench pieces to be playing up to their potential the way that we've seen over the years, or we just need some better bench pieces. We don't have the Raptors bench mob anymore because the bench mob is now our starters, and as you can see, they are monsters and they are killing it. We just got to figure it out, Matt. Again, we're this 500 basketball team that is trying to pivot which direction we're going to go, and it's like, do we wait for Siakam and Fred's contracts to run their course so that our young guys are at their point, and then we can figure it out? Do we trade, like... We're in such an interesting point, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to seeing what will happen in the next two weeks. Even if nothing happens, even if we don't make any trades at all, am I going to be upset? Maybe slightly. Maybe just maybe just you know a, a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm enjoying watching Raptors basketball still, and I wasn't sure about that before the draft this year. Honestly, I just I I don't know if I'd be upset if we didn't make any trades. Um, but I think that we have to make trades. I think we have to move Goron, even if yep. it's just for like, you know, second round pick, cash consideration. I don't care. We we'll just move Anything. this guy. Anything. Yeah. Um, we've got to like figure out how to get another center into our on our team. So there are minor changes that I'd like to see. If they happen, great. If they don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, like you and I said, when we drafted Scotty and we've seen Scotty play since the beginning of the year, our window is going to be open for yeah. a long time. It's our we don't our window's not necessarily open right now, but it's cracked. And if if Masai can figure out a way to pry it open for the season, I'd be pumped. It's a but blast. again, at the end of the day, I'd rather him slowly open the window than try to pry it open and break what any chance of keeping it open. Yeah, look, we live in Canada. It's cold here. Windows get stuck. If you start to try to jam it open to make it work, you might just rip the whole window off the wall or shatter all the glass. We don't want that. We want it to open up. We want the nice breeze to come in. We want to find our way back to the championships of the past. Sorry, the championship of the past. We should have had a three-peat, but Kawhi left us. Anyways, Matt, we got an interesting week coming up, okay? Looking ahead, we've got the Heat on Saturday, the Hawks on Monday, and then we're back playing the Heat again on Tuesday. Kyle Lowry games incoming. Kind of sad that we're not going to have the amount of fan bases when the Heat show up on Tuesday to Scotiabank, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, we're getting Kyle back, though. Hopefully he plays these games. He pulled out the last one uh, for personal reasons. I think he's just sad, didn't want to play the Raptors. Yeah, um, and it's going nice, to be nice to see him. Uh, hopefully we get a 2-in-1 week, 3-in-0 week. But I don't know, man. It, it it's, could be an 0-3 week the way the Hawks are playing this this time. Yeah, and I mean, we also lost to the Hawks. I mean, we lost to the Heat the last time we played them, but that was also the return of Bam Adebayo. And Tyler Hero's been great. And again, Kyle Lowry. The Number group. one team in the Eastern Conference right now. That's true. Yeah, I forgot that they actually just, you know, leapfrogged their way up top. So yeah, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be an interesting week. Again, we're kind of at that point in the season, you know, where... You know, we're focused on football because we're just waiting to get to here. We're waiting for this to happen. We're waiting for trades, right? Well, at the end of the day, football is in playoff mode, important topics. Basketball is midseason. Hockey's midseason. You know, tons of time for things to happen. Yes, trade deadline's coming up, which I'm excited about. But we, we'll talk about that when it happens. 
next week will probably be a little bit more of a trade deadline, talk about some things, break it all down. But Matt, it's time to talk. It's time to see what we can do because my amazing Mystic Hot Take prediction, my streak died last week, Matt. I'm 5-1 and one now. So I think I'm going to be able to get back. Hey, you know what? It's my mistake. I went against Mahomes, and I've learned not to do that. So we're going to stay away from that game this week. I think I may be crazy here, all right? Matt's over here with talking about the L's that this team has taken, but I want to believe in the Rams. I can't see how the 49ers can possibly win another game, but history is against me, so let's try it, Curse. Let's see what we got. Rams going through. Dude, I don't know if it's the most obvious easy thing to call because like you know you shouldn't you shouldn't lose seven in a row but the fact that they've lost six in a row is a little frightening for me at the moment i'm a little nervous about it i have no idea if they're going to be able to get back um so we're going to have to see how that happens um and if if they pull it out man great call it's just Six straight? Like, you gotta, you gotta win the seven. I'm prepared for heartbreak at this point in time, and maybe I have turned into the reversed cursed version. You know, I went I went five straight of Ws, and now I'm gonna call five straight Ls and be wrong every time. So, hey, who knows at this point? Dude, don't, don't wreck my Super Bowl prediction. Don't, don't wreck it. Alright, well, I'm gonna go basketball this week. Um, I'm gonna go 0-3 for the Raptors. I just, the Heat are the number one team in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks are on a five-game winner. I just see it being a tough week for the boys. I know we've been playing some good basketball, but hey, man, the NBA's in the most parity league I've seen it been in a while, so it's it's a tight one. I mean, hey, will I be sad when we go 0-3? Absolutely. Will I be upset? Probably not, because again, you're right. It's the Heat. It's the Surgeon Hawks. What can you do, right? Exactly. Well, man, I think, I think we're pretty good. Did you want to talk about anything else, or is that it? Nah, we'll break down more next week. We always come back a week later. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.